Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh boy, yes, another busy news weekend. I always love being back here on Monday. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joseph Armacost, how are you today, fine sir? Well, Daniel, I'm doing really, really, really well. Glad to be back on a Monday, and it was a pretty restful weekend other you know, than outside the news it was. cycle. Yeah. It was, it was and good. thank you for your work on the Rudy Giuliani oh. interview. You, Joe, did yeah, great work producing that. It's up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. You're not going to want to miss it. It has gone viral. The Rudy Giuliani interview. Joe heard it, yeah, right? It is good. it not a good one, Joe? Really good. Yeah, you're not going to. He some bombshells on Ukraine, Spygate. And we even get into what he did in New York to clean the streets up, which was really good. So check that yeah. out, youtube.com slash Bongino. Yeah. Also available on our audio audio podcast channel as well. All right, I got a lot to get through today, including the Democrats being driven to sheer insanity in the Trump era. This was Paula's idea this weekend. She's like, wouldn't it be a good idea to do a segment on the show pointing out how crazy Trump has uh, driven the Democrats to the point of near insanity where they're defending the indefensible? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to that. I have that. I have some other news on Spygate. Ricky Gervais, which I'm sure you've heard of by now, just slaying people at the Golden Globes. I got two highlights. A lot to get to. All right. Today's show brought to you by my buddies at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, Bravo Company Manufacturing are the finest providers of uh, what I believe to be the best rifles out there. Now, I have two of these Bravo Company Manufacturing rifles. They are absolutely amazing. They are on point every single time. They uh, there's no I have not fired a better rifle. I love them. I would not endorse this company otherwise. You know how strongly I believe in individual liberty and personal responsibility. And the founders of Bravo Company knew these were the cornerstones of great of a great civilization, folks. When I went in to pick up my two Bravo Company manufacturing rifles from the local uh, FFL, he said to me, you understand, like, these are some of the best in the business, these Bravo Company manufacturing rifles, which I know. Now, folks, I, I, you know, you're never supposed to tell people what a company is not. But in this case, it matters. Bravo Company Manufacturing is not a sporting arms company. There are a lot of great companies that produce sporting arms, sporting rifles, and they're great, terrific. But that's not Bravo. They design, engineer, manufacture life-saving equipment because BCM assumes that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used, God forbid, in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. All they care about is quality. The products are hand-assembled and tested here, tested and by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. They put people before their products. To find out more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to bravocompanymfg.com. BravoCompanyMFG.com. You can discover more about their uh, their rifles, their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's BravoCompanyMFG.com. Need more convincing? Find out more on their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash BravoCompanyUSA. If you are in the market for a rifle, these are the finest out there. BravoCompanyMFG.com. Go check them out. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. So, as I said, the Democrats have been driven to insanity, defending the indefensible over and over and over again. Now, we've seen this before, and I'm going to put up some examples for you of the Democrats so losing their minds that they are on the side of everything America isn't. I've got that. But before we get to that, I want to provide the latest example, which is the termination of the life of Savage, uh, Qasem Soleimani, one of the world's most dangerous people, a terrorist, uh, a, a savage. And, you know, I got an email this weekend, and the, the, the lady who emailed me was right. She mm -hmm. said, don't call Soleimani an animal. It's actually an insult to animals. And she's right. Most animals are actually pretty yeah. loving. especially So Soleimani, it's a, it's a disgrace to animals to call him an animal. So we'll stick with Savage. She was absolutely correct on that one. Soleimani is now dead thanks to the decisions made by Donald Trump and the heroic actions of our military, which, of course, are on the front lines of this. Now, 
Of course, leave it to the Democrats to try and defend this. Defend the death of an Iranian commander with the blood of, at a minimum, a minimum, folks, a minimum 600 Americans on his hand, which we know about directly. But as uh, Matt Palumbo has up at our site, one in five deaths in Iraq are thought to be attributed to Soleimani and his people and their and their and their terrorist engineering. Yeah. There, there's this is an unabashedly good thing that this guy is leaving Iraq in a body bag. There's no question about that among sane people. But the Democrats aren't sane anymore. <laughs> so. People in Iraq who have been subjected to Iranian tyranny in their efforts to influence Iraqi governance and an Iraqi population that's probably yearning to be free like most people around the world are. Some of them celebrated. And Mike Pompeo, our secretary of state, after the death of Soleimani, tweeted out this video of Iranians running through the street and celebrating. New York Times wasn't having that, Joe. The New York Times cannot have the story out there because remember, don't forget, the media and the New York Times, the liberal activists times are telling you a story, story, not the story. So what is a story the New York Times wants to tell you? That they're not celebrating the Iraqis. This isn't a good thing. So here's the headline. This is an actual headline from the New York Slimes. A video tweeted by Pompeo was authentic. However, his description was misleading. Uh, Come on, bite me. Come on. No, 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 not come on. This is real. This is re- this actually happened. This is the New York Times. Joe, remember, they got to uh, get out ahead of the story, geez, the facts. Yeah. The facts are what Pompeo tweeted was authentic. Yes, yes. It was a video of Iraqis celebrating the fact that this Iranian terrorist who was trying to infiltrate the Iraqi government and influence Iraqi policy in the direction away from freedom. Iraqis celebrated this guy was dead. Nobody's questioning the authenticity of this, right. but the New York Times can't have that story out there. Why? Why? Ask yourself. Why? There's the hammer. There's the hammer. The gavel's out. Had to whip it out on Fox this weekend, the gavel <laughs> on Fox News. That rarely happens. Happened on Fox and Friends. Because Joe... The story of Iraqis celebrating in the street that the death of an Iranian terrorist might positively benefit their country and reflect positively on Donald Trump cannot possibly be told. The New York Times has to run interference. Remember the New York Times. You know, the New York Times, the defenders of the communist Soviet Union for decades. You know, the New York Times for decades who defended the anti-American crowd. As David Horowitz uh, calls these people, they're the anti-anti-communists. David Horowitz has always said that. In other words, like we were anti-communists and freedom fighters. So the New York Times and others are anti-anti-communists. They're against us. They're just against people who are for freedom like these Iraqis. So here is this. Here's this from the actual piece. Here's a quote from the piece. This is real. Again, from the New York Times. Again, I asked this morning on Fox and Friends, and I'll ask again about the Times and the liberals. What side are you guys on, man? Listen to this quote. Witnesses in Iraq said that only a handful of men carrying Iraqi flags had run. Not dance, Joe. They got to be clear. They'd run, but they weren't dancing. So Pompeo, who said they were dancing in the streets, it wasn't a dance. They could not verify the dance. It wasn't an official uh, a jig, a rumba. Uh, It wasn't the merengue. Hmm. It wasn't the pachanga. I'm not a real dance guy. Reminds me of dirty dancing. Good idea, Neil. The pachanga or whatever it was. It wasn't a dance. It was a run. The New York Times has to be specific, Joe. They go on. Along a road, while the voice of a man speaking near the camera was heard praising the killing of Soleimani of Iran in a targeted U.S. airstrike on Friday at Baghdad Airport. The New York Times wants to be crystal clear, Joe. It was a run. It wasn't a dance. That's important, Dan. 
up, up to the times. Yeah, to me and you, we're laughing like this is this is it. Remember that, you know, the Washington Post democracy dies in the darkness. Yes. No, your IQ dies with the Washington Post and the New York Times reading this. This is a serious article, yeah. folks. Iraqis are celebrating the death of this Iranian who's trying to take away their freedom in their country. And the New York Times writes a serious story that, no, no, even though the video is authentic, this was clearly a run, not a dance. The old gray oh, fish rap. I want to give a shout out to my wife because this was her idea. Yeah, it was a great it's a idea. Good idea. What are we doing? Driving, Paul? And you're like, you got to yeah. do a segment on the Democrats constantly being on the other side of America in just about every prominent fight. Yeah. How do you think this, I'm not talking about the liberal nuts out there, right. but I'm talking about to, to normal people, right? How do you think this resonates with average Americans that a guy who is unquestionably at a minimum has the blood on his hands of over six hundred Americans that we took him out. And how do you think it resonates in middle America when the New York times biggest concern, Joe is it was a run, not a dance. Right. It was not a dance. It was not the rumba. This was clearly a run. That's your story. Why do you hate this country so much? What, 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 Ugh, I know we're, if we got FCC rules yeah. now that we're on KBC, but, what side are you on, man? Now, it gets worse. The mainstream media, they can't let this. Remember, the story is an unabashedly good one. We finally got this guy who is regionally killed tens of thousands, if not more, have been responsible for it, and at least killed 600 Americans. Right. One of the world's leading sponsors of terror. An unabashedly good story. The media can't have that. But I want to show you this one because this is a total face plant, again, by the second dumbest guy in media who, audience quiz, for you new listeners, you may not know this, who is the second dumbest guy in media? I know you're all in your car <laughs> listening to my show. Chuck Todd, you all know that. <laughs> Following only, of course, Joe Brian Stelter from CNN, who's always the dumbest, who blocked me on Twitter, which is hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he got tired of me, which is great. So Stelter's the dumbest. Chuck Todd is the But it's always a close race. Remember, they're running, not dancing, these two. <laughs> so Stelter's right. Todd's like, here's it, it, it. Chuck Todd is always trying to pass Stelter for being the dumbest guy in media. So here's Chuck Todd and NBC desperately trying to reframe the story from an unabashedly good one. We finally got rid of this guy to something that reflects poorly on Trump. So the new Democrat talking point, which Todd tries to parrot here with, get a load of this one, Joe. Well, you've already seen the clip, so you get to cheat. But with Obama's former DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, Obama, this is Jay Johnson. This was Obama's former DHS secretary, who is a guest on hapless silver meddling in the dopey Olympics, Chuck Todd, on his show. And Chuck tr Todd tries to get Jay Johnson to say, hey, there's some problems with this, right? Trump didn't really have the authority to do this because they cannot have the story reflect positively on Trump. But on Trump. But watch Jay Johnson. Watch Jay Johnson completely shut him down and Chuck Todd doesn't know what to do. Check this out. Before you were Homeland Security Secretary, you, you were counselor at the Defense Department. So right. Explain for viewers, why does Mike Pompeo keep saying terrorists? There is a legal reason he keeps saying the word terrorist, isn't it? Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, if you believe everything that our government is saying about General Soleimani, he was a lawful military objective. Mm -hmm. And uh, the president, under his constitutional authority as commander in chief, had ample domestic legal authority to, to take him out without an additional congressional authorization. Um, the weather.
was a terrorist mm-hmm. or a general in a military force that was engaged in armed attacks against our people. He was a lawful military objective. Now, just to be clear on that audio, that's not Joe or no. Paula. That was actually NBC. Yeah. He must have hit his microphone, yeah, Jay like Johnson. That. Yeah. That's not us. I don't want you to email me about that's not Joe's fault. Thanks, Dan. That he must have hit his microphone on his lapel. But what well, yeah, as you know, Joe, <laughs> we have some real audio <laughs> professionals out there. Yes. They email us about everything, which we love. We love. We're not beyond criticism here. Sometimes we mess up too. But that is not us. What's going on there? The Democrats again need a talking point. By Democrats, I mean Chuck Todd, Brian Stelter, and others. They are functionally Democrats and activists, right? They're not serious media people. Their talking point here, Joe, cannot possibly be that this is a good thing Trump did for the sake of the country and for the betterment of the world. Uh. They can't have that. (laughs) So their argument here that Chuck Todd's trying to be nuanced, but you may have missed it. He specifically asked Jay Johnson about the word terrorist because their talking point is going to be follow me. That, well, Soleimani may have been a bad guy, but he wasn't really a terrorist. He was a state actor. So, Joe, this clearly was an assassination, and assassination's prohibited. Yes. Assassination's prohibited. We're not allowed to do that, engaged in targeted assassination in the United States. So, do you, yeah, you tracking man. me? Good Audience catch. on Budgeman Joe, are you good, following where I'm going? catch, bro. Are you picking up good what I'm catch. laying down? Yeah. Chuck Todd yeah. thinks he's got a bunt. Here we yep. go. Bunt. Bunt this sucker. For Jay Johnson, he's sure Jay Johnson, given that he's an Obama administration official, is going to agree with him. So he sets him up with a bunt and says, Jay, the Trump administration is using the word terrorist for a reason, right? Because they don't want you to believe they assassinated a state actor against all the rules of war and rules of conflict in the United States code, right? That's why. And Johnson's like, nah, nah, that's really not relevant <laughs> in this case. Trump had the authority to do it. And Chuck Todd's like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it's like the Valsalva maneuver there. I, he doesn't know what to do because he just made that up. Of course, Trump had the authority to do to prevent an imminent attack on our, our embassy. To prevent any attack, if he has intelligence and Soleimani's in the planning stages of a new attack on U.S. forces overseas, are you seriously suggesting with a straight face the commander in chief has no authority to do that? Folks, I am not an interventionist. Please, I understand we have a large libertarian following. You know I have the utmost respect for you. You guys nail it all the time on Fed policy. I think we have a, you, you're definitely in the right on a lot of our foreign policy approaches. We should not be the world's police force. But I ask a very simple question to those of you on any side of the political spectrum, not singling out anyone, a very serious question. What is more likely to lead us into a larger regional conflict and a war we don't want? Serious question. Joe, I'll pose this to you too. Allowing endless attacks by the Iranians on Americans overseas. I I granted, I don't think we should be there either. I'm with you, but we are. We have to accept the world as it is. Not how Dan Bongino wants to. I don't think we should be there either. I'm with you, but we are there and there are our citizens there. Doing the business in the United States government, whether you agree with it or not, that's what we have elections for, is the quicker path to a regional conflict and war we don't want, allowing the Iranians to endlessly target Americans all over the world and kill them, which eventually will wear down the public and lead to a dramatic response. Moab's dropped on uh, major targets in, in Iran, mother of all bombs, or President Trump cutting this off now and saying, guys, 
If you really want to escalate it, I'm sending you right now a message that this is what's going to happen. I am personally going to target you. I think the answer is obvious. The more likely path to war is if President Trump were to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a constitutional republic. The vote of people in political office and the officers that represent them in the United States government still matters. It's only a matter of time for the um, before the American people. We This is a brave country, folks, but they're not going to allow endless attacks overseas nonstop by Iranians who keep sending back our people in body bags. It's not going to happen. Sooner or later, a message had to be sent. It had to. Nobody was going to stop the Iranians from escalating this. The Iranians are committed to death to America. These are not rational people. We have to send a message of strength. Can I give you a quick example on this? Longtime listeners may have heard this example before. And I forgive me, I'm not, I'm not trying to give overly simplistic analogies and diminish what's going on here. I'm not. I understand the gravity of the situation we're in, 100%. But when I grew up, we, there was this friend of mine, this guy, Vinny. He was a short guy. He really couldn't fight very well at all. But the kid had guts. I mean, I mean it. I'm not messing around. He was, a sh- he was a really short kid. He didn't have it. I can ounce a muscle on him. And anyone who messed with him, he would fight you. And he would lose 99% of the time. But it didn't matter. Joe, you've heard this story before. Yeah, I like it. It didn't matter <laughs> because Vinny would fight you. Yeah. And you had to be prepared to get no fight ends with both sides leaving unscathed, even when you win. And I'll tell you what, nobody messed with this kid. It's, I'm not making this story no, up. Anyone who hung fight. out with me younger, you know exactly who I'm talking he's about. He's always going to fight. You know why? Yeah. He's always going to fight. Yeah. And after a while, people got tired of it. They were like, all right, I can beat this guy up, but I'm probably going to get a black guy. He's going to hit me with something. Yes. And even if I win the fight, I'm still going to look like an idiot because I was supposed to win the fight. And now I'm all scratched and up. And then I'll fight Nobody you again. messed with this kid. Yeah. Ever. At- he, nobody. And, and people who just came in to hang out with our crew tried to mess with them. People would warn them, don't mess. With, I'm telling you, this kid will fight you at the, at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and nobody messed with him. Again, I don't mean to oversimplify a very serious situation. My suggestion is only at some point you have to send a message and you have to fight back so that the Iranians understand there's going to be a consequence to their actions. And those consequences are going to be personal. Ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't put put it beyond this president to start targeting the mullahs themselves. If you're going to declare death to America and war on the United States personally, you could be next. He's not kidding. Now, I'm not even done yet. Here is one of the... What? Again, I'm, this is... <laughs> This is one of the greatest pieces of sound. We're going to cut out a very specific moment for a reason. Uh, If there was ever a mic drop moment on television, um, this is it. This is Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on with Chris Wallace on Fox News. And Chris Wallace is going to ask him a question about, well, is this impeachment drive? Is this basically making President Trump weak on the world stage? I want you to listen to Mike Pompeo's answer to this one in one of the greatest mic drop moments I've ever seen in media. Check this out. The Obama administration created enormous risk to the American people in Iran. This administration is working to reduce that risk. Finally, 
Some analysts suggest that the impeachment of President Trump has emboldened enemies like Iran and North Korea uh, to think that they can confront him. Do you think that as misguided as it may be, that some of our enemies think that this president is more vulnerable because of the impeachment effort? You should ask Mr. Soleimani. Brilliant! (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hard to ask Mr. Soleimani. I think that was the point. (laughs) Sure he won't. You can ask him. I, I take that back. You can ask Mr. Suleimani. You will probably not get an answer. If you do, let me know, because there's been some kind of very significant moment and shift in how we view the whole life cycle thing. You can ask him all you want. You're probably not going to get an answer back. Leave that one there. I saw that as it happened live, and I was like, ooh, ooh. All right, I've got more on this. Again, this segment is about the Democrats, again, being on the wrong side of America these days on just about everything. What side are these guys and ladies on? I've got more. Before we get to that, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Helix Sleep. You know, I'm feeling kind of chipper today. I feel good. It's a Monday morning. I don't always feel good on Monday morning because I'm on the weekend sleep cycle. We had date night this weekend. It was great. We loved it. So I needed some sleep. Last night I was at, what are you laughing about? I was out. Why she's laughing back there. I'm laughing too. Helix sleep mattresses. That's why I was out. (laughs) What makes Helix sleep mattresses different? Okay. Why do I recommend them on this show? Why do we love our two Helix sleep mattresses in this house? My daughter has one and we have one. Because they have a sleep quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Not for some Joey Bag of Donuts guy out there who doesn't sleep like you sleep. Yeah. Are you a side sleeper? I am. You a hot sleeper? I definitely am. You like a plush or a firm bed? I like it a little more firm. With Helix, there's no more confusion, no more compromising, and no more guesswork. Helix Sleep will customize the mattress for you. It's rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on. I've had quite a few. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress for you for the best sleep of your life, not somebody else, yours. I took the quiz and was matched to the Helix Midnight Lux. It's amazing. The Midnight Lux is medium firm and designed for side sleepers like me. I got shoulder issues. This thing is perfect. I've been sleeping on it for years. It's perfect for me. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm sure you will. Right now, Helix is offering $200, up to $200, excuse me, of all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Dan. For up to $200 off your mattress order, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go today if you're in the market for a mattress. They are the finest ones out there. You'll never sleep uh, better in your life. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Check it out today. Okay. Couple more quickies on this segment. Again, how the Democrats have been driven to utter insanity, defending the indefensible in an effort just to attack Trump. And quickly before we get to the session one, you know why they're doing this, right? The reason the Democrats are doing this is they are accustomed in the past, the Democrats and the media, to intimidating Republicans, past presidential administrations, prominent Republican senators and congressmen. The Democrats will write a story uh, in the media for the, you know, their media activist hacks and buddies, and they'll say something like, you know, that guy's a misogynist or a racist for saying that when it wasn't that at all. And of course, the Republicans will back down and cower. The Democrats will take a victory lap. Yes, we did it. 
Trump gives exactly zero uh, and flips off double barrel middle fingers to these media hacks everywhere and just doesn't care. So the media has to, you get this, right? So the media has to up their attacks yeah. substantially each time and make them more and more disgusting and vicious in an effort to get Trump to back down because he won't. To the point where they'll defend the indefensible like Kusam Suleimani. But that's not it. I brought up some old gems from the Democrats, like Nancy Pelosi. Here's an article at Real Clear Politics. Remember when Pelosi, Trump called MS-13 animals, which they are? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, you know what? I, again, I don't like to use that because right. let's call them seven. Trump called them animals, implying they were awful human, uh, awful people. Nancy Pelosi, calling people animals is not a good thing. Jumping to the defense of MS-13. Nice job, Nance, on that one. That was a gem. Then, of course, we had the nuclear talks with Kim Jong-un, where it appeared that the left-leaning writers at Slate and elsewhere were actually jumping to the defense of Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Slate, Democratic presidential hopefuls criticized Trump over meeting with North Korea's Kim. They're on the, remember, politics ends at the waters. You can throw all that out the window. Yeah. Politics now goes even into international affairs where they're trying to get Kim Jong-un and the North Koreans to denuclearize. The Democrats are on the wrong side of everything that matters. All right, my final one in this. Here is just, I, I mean, a disgrace to humankind, a cosmic level disgrace. Even if you believe in alternate universes like that string theory, M theory stuff, this guy's a disgrace in all of those universes that could exist and the one we know exists here. Michael Moore, yeah, liberal goofball, Michael Moore, sends Iranian leader a direct message. This is a Breitbart article by Ben Q. It'll be up at the show notes today at Bongino.com. Let me and millions of Americans remove Trump. What a bone. <laughs> Michael, Michael Moore, leftist lunatic, is actually sliding into the DMs on Twitter of the Iranian mullahs to coordinate an effort to get rid of Donald Trump. This is real, that article. This is not a joke. I mean, it is a joke, but the joke's on them, not us. These people are serious. Yeah, yeah. Michael Moore sliding into the DMs like he's trying to pick up women on Twitter or something to the Ayatollah to coordinate an operation to do what? Get rid of Trump? This actually happened, folks. Yeah. Hollywood Michael Moore. Millionaire fraud clown. If you want to get these articles, by the way, that we pull for the show every day <laughs> delivered to your inbox, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. We will send them right to you. I encourage you to do it. We don't uh, spam your email box. Or... Go to BonginoReport.com, where we usually include these articles on our alternative to the now left-leaning Drudge Report, sadly. Remember, folks, I'll leave you with this question. What side are these guys on? Do you remember? I, I'm not kidding. I, 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 I wanted to wrap this here, but just one more question. <laughs> okay. To the conservatives, libertarians, Republicans, insane Democrats, because there are many in the audience, I want to ask you this. Do you remember a time after the killing of Osama bin Laden where you ever thought that was a bad thing, despite the fact that the Obama administration was in charge when it happened. I mean, it's a serious question. I'm not kidding. I'm just going to ask you to ponder that because I don't. I don't remember. Matter of fact, Paula, remember where we were? We were in Severna Park sitting on the couch. And do you remember me saying, looking over to you and going, listen, it's a good night for America. Do you remember that? She does. Hmm? She's nodding her head in approval. Because it happened. I did not look at my wife and go, oh man, that's really sucks. We got Bin Laden because Obama did it. You know how crazy you have to be? <sighs> Nuts. All right, before I get to the Spygate stuff, this is going to be a loaded show. We may have to go a little over today. So the Golden Globes were last night. I, listen, I don't watch this stuff ever. 
But given that I do media commentary, sometimes I'm questioned about it. So what I do is the way to not to give them the ratings is I go to Twitter the next day and I see little snippets of like whatever the Oscars or the Golden Globes or other like events I would never pay attention to because they're run by liberals. And the Golden Globes typically, as we expected, was a disgrace last night. A bunch of dopey, stupid speeches with no basis in reality. But ladies and gentlemen, I, I know many of you who watched the news may have seen this already. This is worth your time. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's seven minutes long. It's way too long. Ricky Gervais, comedian, did America a huge public service last night. He gets up in his opening monologue at the Golden Globes and absolutely burns the house down, shreds these Hollywood snob elitists in a way I've never seen done before. I want to play a couple cuts. They're both rather brief, but they're worth your time. And I want to explain to you on the other end of these cuts why, you know, because one thing I don't do on the show is I don't just play cuts for entertainment effect. If it doesn't have something I can expound on and give you some mental material for, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to explain to you why this really matters. I get it. It's a comedy act. I get it. We're all celebrating and chest pounding, which we should be that Gervais just filleted Hollywood elitist snobs. But this, this is important culturally for a number of reasons, which I'll get to first. Oh, let's play cut one first. This is Gervais. He makes a joke about the Epstein incident. And listen to what he says about these Hollywood guys. Check this out. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. You had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. <laughs> do you, Joe, did you catch the end of that? <laughs> yes. Some people missed the I end sure of that. I sure did. At the end, remember the Epstein plane That's where all that I disastrous, uh, horrible stuff happened to these, these young ladies? Yes. I mean, this is, this is serious stuff. He says, oh, you made your way here on your own plane, didn't you? Folks, Dude. this guy absolutely fillets them by suggesting that he, Epstein was friends with a lot of these people. Yeah. And yet we're supposed to be taking our moral, political, cultural, spiritual guidance from these lunatics? He didn't end there. The end of this thing is one of the greatest, what is this, about a minute and a half, Joe? Eh. Minute and a half yeah. of comedic monologue I have ever seen in my life. Listen to Ricky Gervais. Fillet these idiots for being the know nothings they are. And by the way, there's a blank spot at the end. That's again, not me and Joe. That was NBC deleting out where yeah, I'll let you, I'll tell you in advance what it is. So you can kind of mentally put it. You're going to hear a bleep at the end. It's, it's actually a blank spot. He says the F word off. That's it. Like basically get off the stage. Yeah. So listen to this, put those in your head. You can fill in the blank at the end. This is him filleting these Hollywood snobs for being the dopes that they are. Check this out. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama. Yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing. Made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, 
Don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and... So... folks please with the greatest of respect and humility i am begging you on bended knee if i could get if i didn't have a desk in front of me i would literally be on bended knee right now not proposing to you i'm already married but begging you please go to my youtube youtube.com slash bongino watch that clip and watch the faces of these hollywood snobs in the background tom hanks is like Why does this stuff matter? Again, you're going to hear this all over cable news today, these cuts. Why am I playing it on my show? You know, I don't like to do that because you can see it on cable. If you can see it on cable, you don't need to come here. But you come here for analysis. Folks, comedy has always been, let me call it a security blanket by which society and culture resets itself. The funniest humor is always humor based in reality. Amen. And it's only funny because people find things that are happening in society to be worthy of their attention. If not, it wouldn't, I mean, making a joke about how Adam Schiff turns into a butterfly. is not funny. It's nothing. It's like stupid. It's like, I don't know. What is that? This is not based in reality and it's nothing people pay attention to. And you just made it up. Comedy is funny because it reflects on something that we all find interesting, somewhat attentive to. And some of us find puzzling. The politically correct culture that has enveloped our entire society, you know, there's 7,000 genders, identity politics is everything, woke culture, you can't say this, everything's cultural appropriation. I saw this article this weekend, Kylie Jenner's under attack because she had a hairstyle that's now culturally appropriate. I, I don't even know where it ends. You can't use this word or that word, even though they're perfect, you know, functionally perfectly good words in the English language because the left says it means something it doesn't mean. Comedy has always been the security blanket that people can use to move the window back from the insanity we're in back to somewhat normal. How does it do it? By poking fun at it and making people realize like, hey, maybe this is really stupid. But you're not doing it in a way that seems aggressive or confrontational. You're doing it saying, oh, no, no, this is just comedy. Don't worry. We need this. One of Andrew Breitbart's gifts to the world before he left us all too soon was to suggest, Joe, rightly so, that politics is all downstream of culture. Let me just make that even simpler for you. Mm. We don't change the culture. The politics are irrelevant. If our culture degrades and debases itself, the people you elect are entirely irrelevant because they'll be a product of a debased culture. Although you may not agree with the language they use, how they frame it, you may not think a lot of this stuff is particularly funny. People like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais have done society a big favor, folks. By taking us out of this ridiculous PC culture used to attack and degrade and destroy people for no good reason and trying to reset that window back to normalcy again and using the comedic security blanket to do it. 
Gervais did the world a big favor last night, folks. Don't think for a sec. Don't minimize that. It's just a simple comedy sketch. Millions of people are going to watch today. These Hollywood snobs get destroyed in that clip I just paid. And they're going to say, you know what? A lot of them, not all of them. A lot of them are going to say, he's right. Why are we taking lectures from these idiots? Nice job, Ricky. I don't know, Ricky. Ricky doesn't know me. He probably doesn't even like me. Even if he knows me, he probably doesn't like me. <laughs> doesn't matter. You did the world a big favor yesterday. And so did Dave Chappelle with that comedy special. Remember the Juicy Small? <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Juicy. Remember? <laughs> My wife and I never watched comedy specials. We watched that one and we were dying. It was so funny. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, it's worth your time. Chappelle's last special. Justice for Juicy was the funniest part of the whole thing. All right. One final sponsor. I want to get to the Spygate thing because, again, the story just keeps evolving. And I've been working on something for a while with a variety of different sources. And I've got a question for you that I think is really going to open your eyes because it's been an open sore in the Spygate case the whole time. Our final sponsor today, Patriot Mobile. Listen, you're listening to my show at this very moment. You're probably paying too much for your cell phone service. Matter of fact, I know you are. Go to Patriot Mobile, Patriot Mobile. The major cell phone companies like Verizon, AT&T, they donate millions to left-wing causes like abortion, open borders, and more. Let's talk about reliability of your cell phone carriers. You know that all carriers use one of the same four towers. You know that? So what's the difference? The difference is these other the companies aren't supporting causes you believe in, and we're supporting them. I'll tell you what the difference is. Patriot Mobile is the only company that donates a portion of your bill to support conservative causes like religious liberty, life, and the Second Amendment. You're not going to find that elsewhere, folks. They are unique in this space. Starting at just $25 a month, Patriot Mobile cell phone plans come with unlimited talk, text, and the same, the same reliable nationwide service, and there's no hidden fees. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan. And when you use the offer code Dan, D-A-N, my first name, you get a free month of service on your new line plus free activation. You can also call their U.S.-based customer service team at 877-367-7524. Tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you over. Vote with your dollars. Support companies fighting for our values, your values. Save money at the same time and get great service. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan or call 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524. 7524. Tell them the Dan Bongino show sent you over. Thanks, Patriot Mobile, for being part of the show. We appreciate what you're doing. All right. You know, again, regular listeners to the show may be on to this scoop, but uh, if you're a new listener to Dan Bongino show, one of the open sores in this whole spying operation on the Trump team has been the schism developing between former CIA director under Obama, John Brennan and former FBI director under Obama and subsequently the opening months of the Trump administration, Jim Comey. These two are butting heads and there is a lot of friction between them. I have made the case a long time ago that the reason because of that, uh, the reason behind, forgive me, precision matters, the reason behind the schism between these two and the brewing fight between them, you may not have heard about this fight, but you're hearing about it now, is because I believe to this day, based on the evidence I've accumulated in the Spygate case, that John Brennan started this, started the spying operation on the Trump team and others, and that he misled the FBI as to the genesis of where he was getting his information from. Now, again, I always have to caveat this. Buyer beware. I am not suggesting Jim Comey's FBI and the managers that ran the Spygate debacle were fault free. 
when the FBI finds out just a few months into this that the dossier and all the other information alleging a collusion conspiracy with the Trump campaign is a hoax, Jim Comey's FBI still runs with it anyway, which makes them as bad, if not worse than Brennan. I'm simply suggesting to you that one of the big open sores in this case is did John Brennan mislead the FBI when he pushed them through Harry Reid to open up this case? Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is important. This distinction here must be clear. And forgive me for those in the federal law enforcement intel apparatus who already know this, but some people don't. The CIA is not a law enforcement operation. They have zero law enforcement powers in the United States or anywhere around the world. They are not. This isn't a Jason Bourne movie. They're not cops. They are intelligence gatherers. That's what the Central Intelligence Agency does. I only say that because the CIA cannot instigate a domestic spying operation using FISA warrants. They can. The only people with the power in that operation, our intel operation, to swear out warrants is going to be GS-1811 federal agents, notably the FBI and their counterterror division and their intel division. Brennan cannot get a warrant. It doesn't matter that he's a CIA director. He needs the FBI to do it. Copy? This is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of my theories that I think is being proven right day by day is, again, the theory that Brennan misled the FBI as to the provenance, the genesis, the, the where he was getting his information from to make them believe that Trump was colluding with the Russians. And where is the only place, the only place that allegation exists? The dossier and Christopher Steele. It doesn't exist anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. It only exists with Steele and Simpson and Fusion GPS who made it up. So if Brennan's trying to tell Comey through politicians, and I'll get to what I mean by that in a minute, you need to open up a case because Trump's colluding with the Russians, and the only place that allegation exists is with Fusion GPS, Steele, and Simpson, then was Brennan talking to them? Because that's not what he told the media. Remember what Brennan has said multiple times to media folks? What Brennan has said multiple times in sworn testimony up on Capitol Hill? Brennan has said repeatedly he did not see the dossier until December of 2016. That's impossible. That's not possible, folks. Remember, the dossier is used to swear out warrants in October of 2016. So the FBI has some of Steele's information, clearly. Brennan says, no, I didn't see it till December after the warrants were sworn out. So I couldn't have possibly used it to instigate the FBI to open up a case. Let me put up this article by The Daily Caller, which is terrific. Be in the show notes again today, uh, Bongino.com, BonginoReport.com, and again at the show notes by Chuck Ross, who uh, hat tip to him, who's done amazing work on this case. Daily Caller, Representative John Ratcliffe, true American patriot, by the way, good man says Comey and Brennan gave, quote, conflicting testimony about the Steele dossier. Folks, these two, one of them is unquestionably lying. Let me put up the quote from the Daily Caller article. Remember what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Brennan insists he didn't see the dossier, that it was Comey who had that, and Comey ran with it. Here's a quote from uh, John Ratcliffe, who was on this weekend, I believe Maria Bartiromo's excellent show on Fox. Quote, Brennan says Comey was the one pushing the Steele dossier to be included in the intelligence community assessment, while Comey says it was Brennan that was pushing it. They both testified under oath before Congress and to investigators to that fact, said Ratcliffe, a Republican on the House Intel Committee. Quote, 
They both can't be telling the truth. Oh. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like you're in charge? Brennan and Comey may think they're in charge here in the narrative, but one of these two is lying. If Brennan says Comey was pushing the dossier and Comey says Brennan was pushing the dossier, one of them is not telling the truth, folks. Mm. Now, for as much as it pains me to say this, I think Comey may be the one who's more accurate here. Listen, Comey is a total fraud, one of the worst swamp creatures in the history of Washington, D.C., it's clear as day he continued investigating the president because he personally didn't like him. There's no other good reason for him to do it. And knowing that everything in the dossier was false. But again, we're talking about who started this thing. What was the EC, the electronic communication that starts the whole spying operation formerly on Trump? I believe it was Brennan pushing the dossier to Jim Comey's FBI. In August of 2016, despite the fact that Brennan says, oh, I didn't even see it till December. That is not possible. Why? Two reasons, folks. Again, I told you the first reason. The allegations of Russian collusion only exist in the dossier. They don't exist anywhere else. So if Brennan's telling the FBI you need to investigate Trump because he's colluding with the Russians, he couldn't have got it anywhere other than Fusion GPS in the dossier. Joe, does that make sense? Yeah. You're taking point one. Yeah, yeah. It only exists there. There's no other person alleging that. One corpus. But secondly, mm -hmm. exactly, <laughs> in August of 2016, before December, for the liberals listening, in August of 2016, Brennan briefs the Gang of Eight and Harry Reid up on Capitol Hill. Harry Reid then writes a letter to the FBI telling them they must open up a case on Donald Trump. And in the letter, he says, because of this, this, and this, and the information that's in the this, this, and this is the dossier there information. There it is. There it is. There's no way Brennan didn't tell Harry Reid that. But he said he didn't see it till December. It's not possible. So the only question here, ladies and gentlemen, is, is Brennan dealing directly with Fusion GPS, Steele and Simpson to get the dossier information or. Oh. How else? How else could Brennan have received the information from the dossier? Hang tight for a moment on that one. Stand at ease for a second. Parade rest. You may say, well, how do we know that the FBI wasn't quietly colluding with the CIA to start the case? And how do we know that the FBI is not just lying? In other words, Joe, maybe the FBI was working with Brennan the whole time. Brennan had the dossier information. And the FBI and Comey, this is all like fake and they're all mm -hmm. just, you know, making everything up. And the FBI had it. Mm -hmm. Let me show you the testimony of FBI lawyer Lisa Page. Folks, this testimony is critical. I can't put this up enough on the show because I don't believe she's lying here. I believe she's telling the truth. This is her being questioned under oath about John Brennan potentially having access to the Steele dossier and giving it to Harry Reid. Listen to her response. I don't think this is a, this is a, I think she's telling the truth. She's questioning Mark Meadows, Lisa Page, FBI lawyer. And she's wondering why Meadows keeps asking her about Brennan and Harry Reid. She doesn't get it at all. Quote, Lisa Page to Mark Meadows. So I don't understand why you're saying this. 
Whatever's in the, whatever occurs between Brennan and Reed, I don't get it. I don't understand what the relationship to the dossier is. That's what I'm not following. That's Paige. Meadows responds back. So the dossier apparently was mentioned. He's talking about by Brennan, who said he hadn't seen it. In fact, we have documents that would suggest that in that briefing, the dossier was mentioned to Harry Reid, and then obviously we're going to have to have that conversation. Does that surprise you, Miss Page? Lisa Page, it totally surprises me. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe she's lying here. Brennan pulled the wool over their eyes. He's saying and suggesting through Harry Reid and others writing this letter that he's getting this information from other independent Russian sources. He got it from Steele's people. The only question is how. Page's testimony goes on. Again, I don't believe she's lying here. This does not reflect well on Johnny B. Here's testimony part two from Lisa Page. Miss Page, she resp- uh, Lisa Page responds back, quote, Yes, sir, because with all due honesty, if Director Brennan, so we got that information from our source, right? The FBI got this information from our source. She's talking about Steele. If the CIA had another source of that information, I'm neither aware of it, nor did the CIA provide it to us. And if they did, because the first time we, and it cuts off there, Meadows says to her, we do know there are multiple sources. Page says, I know that. I do know that the information ultimately found its way to a lot of different places, certainly in October of 2016. But- If the CIA, as early as August, this is Paige talking. This is when Brennan's briefing read, clearly on the dossier. She says, but if the CIA, as early as August, in fact, had those same reports, I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware of it, nor do I believe they provided them to us. That would be unusual. Why would Brennan try to hide that he was getting this information from political operatives at Fusion GPS? Because, Joe, he wants to give it to the FBI and make it appear it's legitimate Mm -hmm. intelligence from the CIA, which we know it wasn't because Devin Nunes has already told us in the interview I did on my YouTube station uh, with his YouTube channel. He's already told us no official intelligence was used to open this up. It was all political oppo research. Now, for the coup de grace, where am I going with this? I mean, so you've you've discussed this before. What's... Folks, there are a number of people who reach out to me. I verify everything, everything, double and triple. I've been on the phone all weekend doing homework on stuff. But a couple of people have reached out and I've been hesitant to put it out there, but I want to pose it as a question to you, maybe to instigate uh, and, and, and light a fire under some other sources who would care to reach out as well. Info at Bongino.com. Was Brennan dealing directly with Simpson and Steele and Fusion? So, Joe, again, as the audience ombudsman, make sure we're clear on this. We now know that Brennan's clearly lying. He has the dossier information at at the latest August of 2016, despite the fact that he's told the public he didn't see it until December. Mm -hmm. We know that because he gave it to Harry Reid. That's the information Harry Reid passed on that only exists in the dossier that they got from Brennan. How did he get it? Well, you may say... Did Simpson and Steele meet with Brennan? I don't think so. Well, how else could he have gotten? Well, let me just pose a question. Can I just throw this out there? Yeah. If Brennan and his Intel partners overseas, we know the UK was passing information to the Obama administration about Trump. It's already been reported by CNN and others. It's not in question, so liberals, you can move on. 
Um, that's not a question. What the information was is a question that they were passing information uh, in circumvention of U.S. spy laws against American citizens to the Obama administration is not, in fact, a question. So we know Brennan's using foreign partners to circumvent U.S. spying laws on American citizens. Was Brennan spying on Simpson too? Oh, oh. Mm. Mm. Let's just throw that out there. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Is Brennan? Uh, that's just a question. Just a question for you. See where I'm going with this, right, Joe? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Now, Brennan's got plausible deniability, right? I didn't see the dossier, the actual paperwork. Right, right. Until December. He's not lying. But what did Brennan see beforehand? We know he saw Steele's information and Simpson's information from Fusion. How exactly did he see that? Well, there are options, to be fair. First is they met with him, which I doubt. No one's going to leave that kind of footprint. Second, it was passed to him through Clinton political operatives. Possible, certainly. Third, they were colluding with the FBI, who already had it. I doubt it. I don't think Page and Comey are lying about that. And fourth is they used their surveillance powers to just get the information Brennan the way he always gets information. Just ask someone else in a foreign country to get it for you. Folks, remember the takeaway to Spygate always. Don't get lost in the details of this. Our own intelligence agencies were spying on innocent American citizens in conjunction with a political campaign to influence an election. Don't ever forget that takeaway. The only question, the only question is how they did it. Any sources would like to come forward, though, and confirm some information I'm getting from multiple streams at this point. We'd love to have you. All right. Final story of the day. Hat tip to our buddies at Legal Insurrection, who I don't even know. They have a common theme. We love Legal Insurrection. It's one of the great blogs out there, websites. William Jacobson runs it out there. They have two stories up. I, I subscribe to their email list, too. And there's kind of a theme today. Joe, if liberalism is so great and wonderful, yeah. right? You got liberalism in California, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts, and Maryland. If it's so great and wonderful, why is everybody making their best effort to get the hell away from liberalism? I'm, again, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. So I found these gems on the legal insurrection site this morning. So here's an article again up at the show notes, Bongino.com slash newsletter. You'd like me to email you these stories. Hmm. So uh, California may lose a congressional district in wake of the 2020 census count by Leslie Eastman, who's indicated that 203,000 people have evacuated California and left the great state of California. <laughs> From 2018 to 2019. Uh, folks, again, I, I don't, I don't, even Muttley, it's just like unbelievable. Like the liberals, you are ruining. My wife and I go out there a lot. We love LA. We're now on again, KBC, 790 KBC, 6 uh, p.m. Pacific time. We love it. We love Los Angeles. Do we not? It is, there's a place out there that has, I don't even want to say, because I'll probably boycott it if they know I go in there. But there's a place. Near the near the uh, uh, the Beverly Beverly Wilshire is it? I think yes, yeah, Beverly Wilshire, right? The Reg Bev Will from, and it they have the best acai balls ever. I love Los Angeles. I just feel really bad that you all have been subjected to the worst governance in the entire country. And if the governance being provided to you by the liberals there is so wonderful, why are hundreds of thousands of people acting like Snake Plissken in the dreadful sequel to Escape from New York, Snake. trying to escape LA? It's just a question.
Why? Why? Is it the weather? Have you ever been? The weather in LA is like utopia. Yeah, man. My gosh. Now, legal insurrection had another story. It's not just California. We're not singling California out. Believe me, this happens all over the place. I was a New Yorker, I know. Illinois. Illinois. By Mary Chastain, legal insurrection. Lost more residents in the 2010s than any other state. Joe, what's the common thread between Illinois and California? Uh, liberals. liberals, Dan. That's the common theme every time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... I think <laughs> Had to. Never had Muttley's back to back so fast. It wasn't a double Muttley. No. Don't confuse no, it. It wasn't. That was a single Muttley applied doubly. Yes. That was not a double Muttley applied a single time. There's a difference. Do not mess up the Muttley's, folks. For you new <laughs> listeners out there, that is Muttley, and there's a scale. We've only yeah. had what, Joe? One or two, four Muttley's? Oh, I think quadruple one. Muttley's? Yeah, one, I think. Yeah, we've had a few threes. A few threes. We get a lot of twos. Yep. And then just normal, everyday liberals screw things up, usually get one. So that's not a double Muttley. No, no. Don't mess that up. Thank you. Single Muttley applied twice. Yep. I came from New York. I get it. Who knew the writers of the Escape From series would actually be foretelling the future? Escape From New York yep. with Snake Plissken and the follow-up Escape From LA. They didn't intend that to be nonfiction. What a mess. I feel for you. I really do. I'm not messing with you. I go out there a lot. I travel up to New York all the time. It's my home. I was, grew up in New York my mm. whole life. I was a Queens kid. I just watching the places just collapse into total social decay. It's just a complete horror show. And please, at the, just to end the show, today, listen to my interview with former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. The first six or seven minutes, Paula loved it. The feedback, it I just go, we go off on kind of a, a tangent in the beginning, but it's the most feedback I've gotten on any portion of any interview I've done. Huh. We talk about what Mayor Giuliani did to clean up the streets of New York and exactly how he did it because I was a police cadet when it happened and then a police officer. And I remember things and me and him getting a back and forth that is, please, it's really terrific. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's free. We're trying to get to 400,000 subscribers. We're almost there. YouTube.com slash Bongino. And subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.